In the last episode of our COVID series, we talk about the beginning time period of the pandemic and how some of our leaders very clearly had no clue what they were talking about. In this episode, we're going to uncover what has been covered up for far too long. Welcome back, everyone, to our second episode of our COVID series. My name is John. I'm Joseph. And in this episode, we are going to talk about one of the biggest, maybe not most important, but one of the biggest cover-ups in American history. For sure. Um, In our last episode, we kind of talked about the timeline in which COVID came to be and recounted our personal experience of how everything went down as a kind of uh, victim of everything that was going on. In this episode, with uh, a lot more information than we had uh, when we were going through those things, we're going to uncover uh, the actual origin of COVID, not in a time sense, but where did the virus actually come from? Was it from uh, a bat that someone ate in Wuhan, or was it from the Wuhan Institute of Virology? Um, how is there a COVID-19 cover-up? What does that mean? Um I think this is without a doubt like the hardest area to find truth in. Um, obviously, it being a cover-up. Yeah, usually when they're trying to cover something up, it's hard right. to find it's it. It's harder to find. Um, I think we have to look at motives. We have to look at the little sprinkles of truth that we have, and we have to look at them for their motives and then make ulterior, um, not guesses, but predictions of what happened and why. Um, There's been an outstanding amount of uh, scientific proof that um, this was lab created, one based on the spike protein. That's correct. Um, A lot of scientists have looked at it it and gone, yeah, this is not natural. Um, And something really important for everyone to understand is what gain-of-function research is. And we'll get into this a little bit more later in the episode, but the basic definition of of gain-of-function research is that a virus that was naturally created is going to gain the function of infecting humans. Uh, gain of function research is basically reverse engineering viruses and learning how to make them more susceptible to humans. Um, and the kind of original slogan for why that was important is we need to understand where they could go so that we could be prepared for that, right? Um, it, in superjuicing viruses, we're supposed to learn more about viruses, right? The more you mutate something, the more you learn about it. Um, but as we know from history, science can go too far sometimes. For sure. Um, I think one of the places we should start is just common sense. Um, And ironically, the, uh, the, the uh, clip that we're going to play for you guys is uh, from Jon Stewart. He's an American comedian, writer, producer, director, political commentator, actor, and television host, and extreme leftist. Uh, If there's anyone who should not be paying attention, it is a, a pawn like this one in the, in the larger uh, chess game that the left is playing. Uh, listen to him piece together this puzzle on Late Night with Stephen Colbert. I, I, and I honestly mean this. I think we owe a great debt of gratitude to science. Science has in many ways helped ease uh, the suffering of this pandemic, uh, which was more than likely caused by science. <laughs> So, and that's kind of. Hold on, was that? No, 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 no. Now, listen, listen. 
I'll, it's I'll, coffee. I wouldn't I'll, do that. To you. I wouldn't for, do that to you. I'm so what, what do you? Takes, but, but what do you? What, 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 what do you mean by? Do you mean like well, so this was, perhaps was, there was a chance that this was created in a lab? There's an investigation. A chance. Well, but I, so, I, 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 oh I, my if God. there's evidence, I'd love to hear it. There's I just don't a know. novel respiratory coronavirus overtaking Wuhan, China. What do we do? Oh, you know who we could ask? The Wuhan novel respiratory coronavirus lab. The disease is the same name as the lab. What about this? Listen to this. Wait a second. All right. John. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There's been an outbreak of chocolatey goodness near Hershey, Pennsylvania. What do you think happened? Like, oh, I don't know. Maybe a steam shovel made it with a cocoa bean. Or it's the (laughs) chocolate factory. Maybe that's it. You can see him using common sense. (laughs) <laughs> right? Oh, for sure. It's hilarious. And it was meant to be funny, but there's there's a real serious truth in that. And I think the Hershey factory thing kind of spells it out because it's true. If there was a chocolate outbreak in Hershey, Pennsylvania, your mind already just decided what happened. You know what happened. Yeah. So why were we so against the idea that it came from a lab? I would argue that it's because very early on, like as soon as we heard about cases, what they're putting all over the media is, oh, it must be from a bat. That's why there's a lab in Wuhan called the coronavirus lab because yeah. there's so many bats there. And he even later in this interview goes on to, to say, because Stephen Colbert gives him that exact criticism. He goes, well, it, it's there because there's a lot of bats. And he goes, there's bats everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Why didn't this start somewhere else, right? Now, there's been lots of historical problems with the exotic food markets in China. Yes. um, Especially with the low sanitary uh, regimens that they have in place. But I think there's a certain level of, uh, you know, at the time that was a reasonable argument. We don't know a lot about this, except that it's a coronavirus and it came from Wuhan, China, where they eat bats. That is a great message for them to give us early on. Right. The problem is some of us weren't satisfied with that. And some scientists started looking at this going, this is a super juiced virus. This was made to be a certain way. There's a reason like how much more powerful is a disease that you don't know you have it until you've spread it for a week and a half. Right. Right. There's certain aspects of it that are just not normal, uh, even down to the molecular size and shape of it. So they start looking into these things and they go, "Okay, we have a major problem here. This might have come from a lab. Here's the two problems with that. One, that means China deliberately covered that up. And by the way, the Wuhan lab has one of the lowest. uh, When I say security, I don't mean keeping people from breaking in. But when you have an infectious disease lab, there's a security level as far as your protocols for making sure those diseases don't escape. The people that developed like the anthrax vaccine, if they drop a vial and it breaks, everyone dies. Everyone. And if they walk out with it on their feet, literally millions and millions and millions and millions of people would have died, right? So you have certain security clearance levels for these places where they're studying infectious disease. Wuhan's was astronomically lower than it should have been. So you start to look at this and you go, okay, did China cover this up? Did they deliberately release it in a place where, oh, it might have just happened by accident, right? Is this a bio attack? Once you get rid of the Ada bat theory, it opens up a lot of questions, and a lot of them have really questionable ulterior motives. For sure, because if we look at 
um, we had in the early stages uh, Dr. Lee Wen Lang, I believe is how you pronounce it. I'm so proud of you. Yes. <laughs> I worked on that for a while. He's a Chinese scientist um, who was studying the coronavirus and basically tried to come out to the world and tried to come out to the science community warning that this is a little bit more infectious than the Chinese government is leading on. This is a little bit more dangerous than the Chinese government is leading on. And coincidentally, within a couple weeks, Dr. Lee died supposedly from COVID. Now, there is a chance for sure. Obviously, there's really no way to know at the point we're at now. Correct. It's too far gone. They China, you know, trustworthy China did do an investigation on his death. But the timing is very coincidental. So I think that's something we look at and don't say he for sure was killed by China because he was coming out from the information that they didn't want out. But it's definitely a possibility. We do have signs of people trying to cover up things. And China definitely, no doubt, held back information from the world. Absolutely. For far too long. Absolutely. Like, we heard about those initial deaths later than we should have even. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and I think Trump banning the uh, travel to and from China was a good idea because there's really no way of knowing how far spread. The first case in Arizona was a girl from ASU that was in Wuhan, China. For I, She was doing some kind of um, journalistic stuff. Literally had nothing to do with COVID. She just happened to be in Wuhan. She comes back and goes to college. And the first case we had in Arizona was at Arizona State University. What a nightmare, right? Yeah. What a nightmare. Talk about a person who is constantly in contact with hundreds of people every day. Oh, you're it, going to classes and yes. big classes. You're walking around campus. Campuses, especially when you go back to school, they're filled with people like everywhere. So. Right. I mean, you're standing in long lines for food. You're at, you're just packed in. You're constantly surrounded by people in that college atmosphere. Right. So, and it's important, back to the death of Dr. Lee Chen. Uh, Lee is his first name. We'll just call him Dr. Lee. We'll just call Lee. him Dr. Lee. Uh, going back to the death of Dr. Lee, do we know it was foul play? No, we don't. But when you're looking at the motives for any of these things, it'd be foolish to leave out little details like that. Yes. Like, oh, okay, now we're shifting gears. Let's look at the chance that this was a cover-up oh the doctor that you know would know just died of a one percent within weeks mortality rate within weeks of leaking information interesting right so you have you have to look at these things objectively for what they are um so there's kind of four points we need to go through on this there the first point being there is a chance it was created by a lab And the thing we have to keep in mind with that first point is that means there's someone to blame. With the original story, there's no one to blame for this. There's no one that should be held accountable. And this was all just a big accident. Now, it can be an accident coming from a lab, but it's still someone's fault. And the reason there needs to be fault, or I'll say accountability. Fault just, it it carries a lot of negative connotation. Accountability, because we don't want this to happen again. Right? As, As much as it could have been way worse like a 30 to 50% mortality rate, which would have been, oh my gosh, a catastrophe. 100%. A catastrophe. It's not. It's a 1% mortality rate. Now, that's one in 100 people, right? But there's something to be said about the fact that there needs to be accountability so that we can fix this. It, even if it's some, even if someone ate a bat, 
China should stop practicing exotic food trade without any kind of regulation. We've, I mean, it's where SARS came from, right? This, there's a problem here, and we need to look at the origin to be able to fix the problem. That's point number one. Point number two, and this is kind of where we want to go with this, there's a chance that the NIH, the National Institute of Health, may have funded the creation of COVID-19. And you'll never guess who's the decision maker for the NIH. Dr. Anthony Fauci, our favorite government-paid scientist. Um, and obviously, there's a lot wrong with that. If the NIH did, in fact, fund the creation of COVID-19, which brings us to point number three, that means that Anthony Fauci has ulterior motives in his direction for our public health. Because if he was at all at fault for this being released, he's just going to be focused on covering his butt and trying to make himself look as good as possible, like implementing measures like everyone needs to mask up. Everyone needs to get vaccinated, right? There's all these different things he's doing. You know, he's the one telling us you need to wear two masks, have two jabs, three booster shots, and then relinquish all your freedoms. And he might be the guy that signed off on this very disease. There's a massive problem with that. So for what it's worth, we're going to play a few clips here. Uh, they're a little bit long, but I think it's definitely worth listening to. This is uh, Senator, he's also a doctor, Rand Paul, uh, confronting Dr. Fauci as they're investigating the correlations between the NIH and the Wuhan lab uh, leak theory. So we're going to play these clips and uh, we'll see what you think. Gain-of-function research, as you know, is juicing up naturally occurring animal viruses to infect humans. To arrive at the truth, the U.S. government should admit that the Wuhan Virology Institute was experimenting to enhance the coronavirus's ability to infect humans. Juicing up super viruses is not new. Scientists in the U.S. have long known how to mutate animal viruses to infect humans. For years, Dr. Ralph Barrick, a virologist in the U.S., has been collaborating with Dr. Shi Zengli of the Wuhan Virology Institute, sharing his discoveries about how to create super viruses. This gain-of-function research has been funded by the NIH. The collaboration between the U.S. and the Wuhan Virology Institute continues. Dr. Fauci, do you still support funding of the NIH funding of the lab in Wuhan? Senator Paul, with all due respect, you are entire, entirely and completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute Do they fund Dr. Barrick? We do not fund... Do you fund gain Dr. Barrick's gain-of-function research? D Dr. Barrett does not doing gain-of-function research, and if it is, it's according to the guidelines, and it is being conducted in North Carolina. Dr. Richard E. Bright, a molecular biologist from Rutgers, described this research in Wuhan as, the Wuhan lab used NIH funding to construct novel chimeric SARS-related coronaviruses able to infect human cells and laboratory animals. This is high-risk research that creates new potential pandemic pathogens, potential pandemic pathogens that exist only in the lab, not in nature. This research matches, these are Dr. Ebright's words, this research matches, indeed epitomizes, the definition of gain-of-function research done entirely in Wuhan, for which there was supposed to be a federal pause. Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, 
Do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. This paper that you are referring to was judged by qualified staff up and down the chain. Qualified staff up and down, of, up and down the chain of the exact company that could be at fault. Mm-hmm. It, it does not matter if people up and down the chain of the NIH verify whether this is worth looking into or not. Because if it is worth looking into, they're the very people that would be under the microscope. Mm-hmm. And be at fault <laughs> in it, some cases. It's total compromised motives. Totally compromised. So when you start to look at this thing, it's like, okay, do have, have we come out and definitively said this came from a lab? Almost. I mean, we are almost there. It... I mean, we, we have scientists that have looked into it and from a molecular standpoint say this came from a lab. We have papers showing that the NIH funded a study on coronavirus in the Wuhan lab mm-hmm. in the form of gain-of-function research, which, as we defined before, is superducing these viruses to be compatible with humans. Which, if we take that evidence and go backwards, the scientists that looked at it at a molecular, at a molecular level are seeing the very results of that. Yep. We basically have everything except a sworn testimony from someone. Now, the chances of us finding someone alive that's going to do that, I would very... I mean, could you... Think about how this affected the world. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine the payout for that? Like, it was your fault that the entire world shut down. And what was it, three million? Three million. And I think the other cover-up of this is they're like, look we can make a ton of money with this pharmaceutically. And I wasn't planning on taking this approach on it, but I think we should. Um, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson and Johnson, all these vaccines, they're making billions and billions of dollars. And we're going to, we're going to break down the vaccines on a whole nother series, uh, our next series, but as next episode of this series, no, no, no next series. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, this specific topic needs to be talked about in the sense of a cover-up because the other aspect of this cover-up is treatment. Not vaccines, treatment. This could be anything from quercetin with uh, zinc, uh, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, you even rendisivir, which I guess has some negative side effects, but um, all these different options for natural treatment. I even saw a video, there's this doctor in Africa who was treating a COVID patient. And uh, the WHO specifically told doctors not to put a uh, a camera down people's respiratory systems when they have COVID. This guy did. And he just, there was this big buildup of mucus. And he basically went in, grabbed it, pulled it all out, and was able to immediately take that person off the ventilator because he just removed he removed the mucus block like block up in the respiratory system Mm -hmm. and then he began treating the person's symptoms so the body would fight against it and he was fine that should have been world news when we're running out of respirators and beds you can just go in and pull the mucus out like a booger are you serious right (laughs) why are we only hearing about the vaccine and not just any vaccine three american-made vaccines that, by the way, 
If you go look at a list of sponsors at the CDC, you'll never imagine who some of the top three donators are. Oh, yeah. So when you start to look at this as a cover-up, you go, wow, there's a lot of ulterior motives here, right? Mm -hmm. The company's making all the... You always have to look at who's benefiting from it. If you put all the countries in the world, their economy charts next to each other, all of them went down except for China's. All of them. I challenge anyone to go look at that. All of them went down except for China's. If you look at who's making money now, these vaccine companies are making billions with a B. Billions of dollars. So who are their marching men? (laughs) Anthony Fauci, Mm -hmm. the WHO and the CDC. And we're in an unfortunate place. In America, doctors used to be able to, in their wealth of experience... They'd go meet together, discuss the new problems that we have, and then the doctors would make their own decisions based off of their education on how to treat their patients. If a doctor ordered ivermectin to treat a COVID patient, the pharmaceutical companies decline it. Hydroxychloroquine, when that whole thing came out, do you know how expensive hydroxychloroquine is? $6 over the counter. Yeah, cheap. Paired with zinc had unbelievable success rate can you imagine how little money they'd be making mm-hmm. right you have to start to look at these things 100 percent. it's it's just it's too it's a little too fishy it's a little bit too clear when you have powerful people with so much money involved in a government agency and then this government agency funds research in a lab then denies it this government agency, in my belief, is covering up a lot of other options. And not only this, there's no doubt that one of the best ways to fight COVID is get healthy. Go to the gym. Go to the gym. Go outside. Lose weight. Eat healthy. Vitamin D. Vitamins. These, these are the big things that they're the best way for us to fight COVID. Honestly, in my opinion, the other things help. They're great. And they, they may have the same success rate. But for me, what I'm focusing on is being healthy myself. Correct. That's how I fight sicknesses. Just like any other sickness is. And I can't believe that. I don't. There's not been one point that the CDC has been like, we have an outbreak happening. We have a pandemic coming. Make sure you guys are eating correctly, exercising, being healthy. This is the best ways to get your body ready in case you get sick. They just about did the opposite. Well, but they locking us in our houses. Stay yeah. home, close the gyms, and your reward for getting a vaccine is a Krispy Kreme donut and a beer. 100%. How, how, it's so ironic that one of the things that sugar does is weaken your immune system. And I think it's hilarious that you get a vaccine that, is still a tested vaccine. It's not necessarily, we don't know all the repercussions of it or or its success rate over time. And when you get it, we give you a Krispy Kreme donut. It's... When you talk about motives. When you talk about motives, 100%. Usually when somebody's bribing you to do something, they benefit. Oh, Yeah. How often do they bribe you to do something that they don't benefit? I can't think of a time. Why? Like, yeah. why would I bribe somebody to do something that I don't benefit from? 
Because bribing in definition is you're losing something to gain something mm-hmm. more valuable to you. Yes. Right? What's a f- what's a dollar fifty Krispy Kreme donut when you're gonna make billions off of a vaccine? Yeah. What's your payoff to Uber for them to give people a free ride to the vaccination? Yeah. When you're gonna make billions off the vaccine. And knowing okay, also we have to talk about and we're gonna do an episode on this too, uh, the vaccine passport thing. Them calling it a vaccine passport instead of a vaccine card early on showed their hand. Because now we're in a place where you're going to have to get booster shot after booster shot and you will be considered unvaccinated if you're not up to date on your boosters. This is where we're going, guys. 100%. And they showed their hand early by calling it a vaccine passport, being that you will be keeping an up-to-date record in this little booklet of your vaccination history. They showed their hand early. This has been the plan the entire time. And you have to look for little things like that. Like, what's really the difference between a vaccine card and a vaccine passport? We've had vaccine cards for schools, right? Yeah, you, you, you've had we've yeah, had vaccine as, cards. As kids, I remember my mom having to get the records from my doctor that I got. Right. The so if it's that, for everything. if it's not that different, if it's just another vaccine, then like, why are we changing the whole system? Why are we now calling it a vaccine passport? Right. You, you have to look at those little details. So, for what it's worth. The big cover-up. And we have yet to see how this story ends. Um, I'm sure their their motives will get more and more obvious, especially uh, we have a lot of patriots that are fighting this right now. Yes. Um, both with audits. I mean, they're kind of scared that something's going to come out with the audit and all of a sudden they're going to be you know, called out for election fraud. They're worried. All these scientists like Dr. Rand Paul that are just not putting up with it, not taking no for an answer, and fighting this at a fundamental level there's people applying pressure and they're getting scared and they're going to make mistakes and we need to pay attention to the mistakes and we need to not close our eyes plug our ears and pretend like it's not happening for sure we need to we need to stand up to some of these things so yeah we yeah 100% agree cool Well, thank you guys for listening to our second episode of this COVID series. Be sure to tune in next week, Monday and Wednesday for our last two parts. And we'll see you guys in our next episode. Later.